Welcome to the cast of three guys, one rope. Oh, we're boy. excited to be that back. Our last episode, <laughs> our last episode got a lot of good feedback from people. Yeah. So if you're if you're listening now from our last succession uh, podcast, thank you, yeah, yeah very thanks. much. We appreciate it. We love you. And we're, we're gonna on, we're, we're gonna on that donation though. Yeah, and we are dramatically changing the topic from. Uh, yeah. Succession yeah. to what we're talking about today. Interesting, but we're very thankful, and we think uh, we would love it if y'all just listened. Please listen, and then give us your feedback on this one. Yeah. Um, uh. But anyway, Succession season two review coming soon. That is just be a hit. as soon as I finish. So very close. As soon as we all finish, that's close. But I'm close. If you haven't started watching it, watch it right now. Binge it because we're, it's coming soon. And it is amazing. Mm. Shout out to my buddy Josh who who liked, subscribed, commented, and gave us rave reviews. Yes. Mm. Wow. Thanks, Josh. Yes. Thanks for listening, Thank Josh. You, Josh. Yes. We wow. need a, we need Josh a, from North Carolina. We need an audience clap. Um Oh Josh. There we go, Josh. There it is. Thank Josh. you, Josh. Woo-hoo. All right. All right. So what are we talking about today, guys? We're talking about we're t- we're Something. changing levels a little bit. There's levels to this game. We're we're, <laughs> we're kicking it about into the most intense gear you can imagine. Yeah, we had a good discussion last night mm. with a young adults group mm-hmm. over the topic of justice. Yeah, justice. And I think <clears throat> Justin Bieber's justice arrival. and mercy both get conflated a lot of times. Mm. So we're going to be talking about about what those really are. Um, what justice really is, and we're going to be relating it to um, some things going on in today's world. Yeah. Mm. So mm. I just, if yeah. you know, let's, I don't. Let's set the scene there. We let's might want to give a trigger warning. Um, if anyone doesn't like talking about like super intense things, uh, you know, trigger warning. I, I would just, I would just buckle up a little bit. It's actually not going to be that bad. So we just mind. we just need take open minds all around. I think yeah. the I think the the thing we've learned the most, you know, lately is that we have to learn and we have to you know listen to each other and and actually have conversations and totally. You know, if we you know, we we have these feelings, we have these thoughts, but you know, if we weren't willing to talk to you guys about your thoughts then, you know, who you know, our opinion doesn't really and matter, so. Yeah, and none yeah. of what we're <laughs> saying we're saying is is like the absolute truth, yep. I would say. I mean, we can con- well, well, actually, <laughs> maybe, but we can we can contend. We're not we're not trying to disagree or or come from a point of view to make anyone mad or to because we think no. we're special. We're just we're having an honest conversation with, in, about something we we feel there is no nuance at mm. all anymore. Mm-hmm. And so when people say stuff like you're either you know it's it's a very you're either with us or against us mindset. Yeah, when people say things like all white people are racist or the entire like every cop is is flawed because the system is flawed it's either all or nothing right um Mm -hmm. blue lives versus black lives you know and so i think we're just coming at it trying to have an honest conversation about it because the truth probably is somewhere in in neither of those um to be honest absolutely and so you know I, i we understand it could ruffle some feathers but it's it's 100% out of 
just love and a search for that absolute yeah. truth. Mm. Totally. And I hope you all remember that. Love it. What, what do y'all think about that? What do y'all think about that? Oh, guys. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. They're okay. all over us tonight. We're going to keep yeah. going. Yeah. We don't yeah. care. Wow. We'll, we don't we'll care. to them. All right. So what's, what, what has been going on in the news lately? Anyone? Well, first, first what's of all, going on? I, I, can I just set the stage real fast? Yes, we need that. We need when that. we're talking about justice and mercy, these things, these concepts that I think the world holds a view on, and then Christianity has a view on. And I think it's good to kind of define those things before we even get into this and start saying that's what is what. So I feel like to me, and I think from everything that I've ever looked at and kind of discovered the Bible defining justice is something to the extent of doing what is right and not in the eyes of the beholder, but in the eyes of God. And so doing things that are righteous and doing things that are like of his will, what he wants. And yeah, mercy, I think, just goes alongside of that. And that's sometimes I think those two get separated. And I think that you have to have, I think you made a good point earlier, Garrett, that you have to have both mm -hmm. in order to have actual justice. Yeah. And um, I think it's people think justice is giving someone some punishment and mercy is not. So yeah. I've, I've heard I've heard I've heard people define justice as something like compassion, mm. which is like it's an interesting way of looking at justice, because I, I don't know. I don't know if we would say maybe we would that like punishing someone for something that they've done could be considered compassion. Like you're having compassion on them, like when you when you discipline a a child, yeah. like ultimately you're doing this for their best, even though they don't like it or maybe they don't agree with it. But it's considered compassion, hundred percent. So, yeah. That being said, how does this apply to something like the Derek Chauvin case? Boom! Really, that's what we're talking about today, and mm. uh, not solely, but it's just something's been going on in the news and. <clears throat> yeah, everybody's got an opinion. What's yours? Before, before mine? It, yeah, you can go. No, what were you gonna say? I was just say I've I've been thinking about this a lot, and uh, and and Ben and Garrett know like I'm probably the, the the of the three of us. I'm like the last one to um not like talk about these like controversial things, but also like um I definitely think I have a tendency to like I'll just I'll just chill and. Yeah, you know, I, I don't need to say anything. I can just, you know, I can just let people, you know, make their decisions or talk with people, you know, just the people that I know agree with me, um, which isn't the best. But I've been thinking about it recently, and um, I feel like there's like this, th there's this thing that's really been bothering me, and it's the idea of like n no matter what you think about the Derek Chauvin case, if you believe that he, if you believe that he did like firsthand murder George Floyd or not. Yeah. I think to me what what's more scary than just like um kind of the the news and how it's how the news is controlling like what like events and things that are happening kind of taking taking the you know actually what's happening kind of away from the the individual which I think is mm -hmm. very dangerous. I think for me what's more scary is like the, the idea that because we 
want to just look into something and and understand it better or to confirm that what is being saying is truthful that now there's all these like accusations and things that are made against us of like oh well you're trying to defend this racist man or you're trying to do this and that and to me it's like i don't know i i've recently just started to just have a fundamental issue with like when did we as a society decide that like understanding something or actually trying to get to the bottom of something was like a problem? Cause to me, that's a big part of kind of how it feels. Yeah. Does that yeah, make sense? For sure. Yeah. So do you think like it's the, the problem is like even just questioning something nowadays is sort of like you're, you're looked at as, whoa, Yes. And I feel like there's anxiety attached to that yet. Garrett and I were talking yesterday. Wait, no, I think we both were talking about it. Well, I was talking to someone about the, the Ohio shooting that had happened Mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. It it, it was very unfortunate that someone had been, that has someone that someone died. Um, how it was being presented was that it was like racist, white cop kills black woman. Sure. That was how it was presented. Right. So after, you know, researching more into this, I had realized that the body cam footage was very clear, that a woman was going after someone with a knife. It was very aggravated, aggressive, and the cop, Mm -hmm. in order to protect the other woman, Mm -hmm. decided to shoot. And you have to think about the 911 call also. She's saying, send someone now, send someone now. They've got a knife. She's putting hands on my grandma. Yeah, yeah. So there's so many factors, right? And so I I had reached out to a coworker of mine because she lives in Ohio and I said, Hey, did you hear about this? Like, mm-hmm. I'm so, you know, I'm so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you know, how are you feeling about it? And, um, I'm going to actually read exactly what she said. Cause I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. And, and it took the, the thing that, that I'm bringing up is that this shouldn't be so difficult, like for me to even like, like talk about with someone. Like I was fearful that from what I said, she'd stop talking to me completely. Really? Like I was uh, genuinely, I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, not because of what she's communicated to me, mm-hmm. but because of what everyone else is communicating about totally. you say something and they disagree. Like it's over with, but this is what she said. I, I was asking her how she felt. And she said, she said, yes, it's heartbreaking. Um, there's a quote saying something like this quote, we don't want to live in a world where two da- two teenagers are fighting. And the solution is that one of them dies at the hands of the police. This is how I feel about it. There has to be a better system. So she said that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I just responded very kindly. Did you happen to see the body cam footage? I personally watched it today and I'm not standing up for the cop. Like in the sense of like, like I'm not trying to say like, oh, the cop did absolutely everything right. And he's perfect and in the clear. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Even if he is, that's not what I'm trying to say. I said, but I said, it, it seemed very likely that the girl was going at another person with a weapon. And then I said, I can share this if you'd like. And she said, ah, yeah, I'll pass. And then she said, she said, hmm, tricky. Still doesn't seem like the way things had to go. And so like, for me, it's like, I don't know. That was just telling to me about where we're at. Yeah, I think that's really, I thought that is the conversation is like, where what is the line what can actually police officers do and it seems like everybody has an opinion on this right but then there's also the idea that like none of them have ever been in a situation like this Mm -hmm. so they're making a judgment call where in in these situations especially when it comes to a knife usually somebody ends up 
being stabbed in critical condition, these things just happen. Yeah. It's more likely w- with a knife than a gun, actually, especially in, in close quarters like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's really one of those things where it's like you you really can't make that judgment call sitting from your couch watching somebody else go through it. Or even not even watching it. Right, or not even watching yeah. it and refusing to watch it and just making and having your opinion. I, I think and that's a big problem. And so many people are like, you know, cops should just like not use their weapons at all or wait till somebody like starts shooting at them or something like that. And it's like, man, dude, I've, I've, there's so many videos out there where it's like a split second yeah. changes everything. A split second. That's less time to even think about drawing your weapon. Yeah. And and so many times you have like videos of, of a cop pulling someone over, two cops pulling someone over, and both the cops ended up being shot yeah. or killed. And it's like, it happens. Yeah, no, and that's sad that that's not talked about. No, it's not. But <laughs> it's also, it's like, it's not even like considered. Like yeah. people don't care about the fact that cops have to go through this okay. kind of... Well, their response to that is, you signed up for it. I didn't sign up to be, you know. Yeah. Right. Black. There's I this guess. There's this one, I think, video of these two cops who go with this girl to her house. And they're just trying to, like, help her move her stuff out because she's got, like, this crazy boyfriend or whatever. So they go when the boyfriend's not there. And they're like, they're just to protect her. Like they've got their hands like in their, their vest up here. They're like, you know, if you know, like go ahead and get your stuff. Like we'll, we'll wait around. Like is your boyfriend working long? Like whatever. And she's like, I don't know. He could be back, but he's not here right now. So, you know, let me go get my stuff. And dude, like they're sitting there talking to her. And then she looks out the door, like the door's open. And there, there's a cop like in front of the door and then there's her by the stairs and then another cop kind of in the corner but the guy just comes in i think shoots through the door shoots the first cop shoots her and then shoots the other guy and the other cops trying to get his gun out at that same time and it's like dude what are you supposed to do in that situation yeah, yeah. and i even heard i don't know who said it but someone recently was like if these keep happening, like if these if if these videos keep coming out of cops, like uh, if these videos keep coming out of cops, like uh, on footage showing to protect people or trying to do the right thing, and it keeps being pushed that they're like these terrible people, mm-hmm. like n- people, no, who's gonna want to become a cop? No one right. wants to like, be a cop no right one. now. No one wants to be a cop, and yeah. Uh, uh, that would be I, I would be like oh cool yeah especially especially white men yeah the, those are the last people right now trying to be cops and, well yeah. I mean dude the, the freaking <laughs> the Dallas chief of police is a black female and she resigned because all this bullshit is like getting cr- and people are like yeah way to, way to go and it's like okay there you go you pushed you know a black female out of her job yeah which we've tried so hard to push them in you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, to ra- to raise up and everything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, to me, it's just like there has to be a sense of right and wrong here, and it can't be just based on the opinions of people. Like, it's not justice just because you have the sense of justice or not. 
That's not what justice is defined by. I think there has to be, like last night, that definition of, you know, giving people their due rights. Like, I absolutely agree with that. But the, I also think that means when it comes to, like, Derek Chauvin, whether you think he's guilty or not, I think that means having a fair trial. Yeah. I think it means looking at all the evidence. And then if he is innocent, then he's innocent. Yeah. But if he is guilty, then he's guilty. And there's yeah. no, there is no gray area. There is no, you know, by, by my judgment, by my standard, I think he's guilty. Yeah. It's, you have to look at all the evidence. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And, and it, it doesn't matter what you think about cops, what you, what, you, what believe, you feel. Yeah. Or what you feel about uh, the situation. It's, it's either he was right or he was wrong. And I, I think you can point to the things and the places where he was wrong and say, you know, that shouldn't have happened. And, you know, you should have taken better steps to make sure, you know, this person stays alive. But, there's also like a lots of lots of other things that I think people are taking into the situation that you know you have to consider. Yeah, and like, I think that have you have you? I agree. Did you watch any of the trials? Um, I watched no. Like, I watched I like one fifteen second clip. I mean, I know, I know, <laughs> I I saw the general updates to like you know today the defense. You know, played this video of George Floyd in 2018, and then this day, George right. Floyd's defense uh, or George Floyd's attorney like played this video or brought these. But I didn't really listen to it or watch it or anything. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of things I think people need to consider when it comes to what actually happened, like the fact that one on at the scene. Where did this take place? Um, in the the jury, the the trial. No, the actual... Uh, oh, Minneapolis. Minnesota. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Minneapolis. So, yeah, Minneapolis, I, th I think their basically protocol for their EMTs, like, or, you know, their emergency... Yeah, their EMTs. Yeah. Essentially, they have a policy where, like, they can't come into a situation until things are kind of stable. And the, the real the reality of, of things was there was a crowd of people around these cops at this point and it's not considered safe when that's happening so they were trying to push people back and people are trying to get forward and, and record this thing and you you don't like the policy is it's not safe for these emts to enter the area yeah until the, the, this kind of space is controlled so you don't have that availability until people move back people aren't moving back you're not going to get the emts yeah. so no one's going to come to help George Floyd in the first place. Then you can go back and, and look at the coronary report. There is no, and this is from the coroner that George Floyd's family chose, chose that says there's no indication that he died from asphyxiation. Yeah. It was, uh, it was some sort of drug, wasn't it? It was, uh, uh, yeah, fentanyl? it was but, fentanyl, but we three times the amount of the, of the deadly amount, uh, three times like that's that's and that's so, there's something to say about all this and so i think much. we are talking about i think we're re, we're realizing the weight of this conversation because truly truly's day i don't think there's anything that upsets people more than this to be honest i mean is there anything else y'all can think of what do you what do you yeah. mean like, like there's nothing no other issue that ruffles as many feathers as this today i don't 
think no, so, I, right? I don't either. I mean, it's it's then then the idea of like justice for just just like racial issues in yeah, America. Racial issues, there, yeah, there's sure. there's nothing else that ruffles as many feathers um, mm-hmm. as this. Yeah, and okay. so it's it's not yeah. It's a, it's a heavy conversation. Here's my question. Of that. I have a yeah. question. Go for it. How here? Here's genuinely what what I feel like. Like there's a lot of people out there that are that are like either like over here standing up for all these things. I feel like I feel like. I guess my question is like, how can we push back? Like in the sense of like, how can we push back on what we believe is the media controlling the narrative, you know, things aren't being communicated correctly. Like in a sense, us pushing back on that is, is in a sense standing up for something like there is totally. justice in that. Totally. Yeah. And I don't think people are talking about that, but my thing is like, like how can we push back in this and still also communicate like, dude, we care about all lot. Like we care about racial issues. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like, I feel like we, because of what's being communicated, we can only pick one. It's like either choose to, you know, uh, stand up for, you know, your, the fact that you disagree with the news or decide to just disregard anything and, and just stand up for racial issues. Yeah. Right. You know what I well, mean? And then, it, yeah, I mean, one, um, I mean, one could even argue that it's, it's more of a socioeconomic issue than a racial issue. Uh, what do you mean? Like, when you have people growing up in these super poor neighborhoods, white or black, with one parent, their life's going to be messed up Yeah. either way. Yeah. And um, yeah, Colin Noir, one of my favorite pundits, he's a, he's a gun rights advocate. He talks about this all the time. He talked about it on JRE. Um, he thinks, yeah, it's more of a socioeconomic issue. And um, yeah, Tom Sowell as well. And just the fact that if, 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 if we, if we, these kids and Tom Sowell talks about school choice a lot, which is just that you don't have to go to the school in your district because you live there. You should be able to choose which school you go to. So these kids in these low income neighborhoods, yeah. what is that called again? Uh, uh, school okay. choice. I'm pretty sure. Um, but these kids in these low income neighborhoods, a lot of them being, you know, black, predominantly black neighborhoods, they're going to these shitty schools because it's a shitty low income part of town where they have teachers that don't care, horrible facilities, they don't have after after school activities, so they have nothing to do yeah. exactly. And so Tom School is uh, Tom School Tom Soul is for charter schools and school choice, which he thinks will help. Tom Soul thinks that this that will help far more than any sort of you know executive order a president can pass um, is letting these kids choose which school they go to. So if they're in a shit neighborhood they can go to a, a school in a nicer ha- neighborhood with teachers that 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 care right. with after school activities to keep them out of doing other things where they're more inclined to actually try and do better yeah and, and it's like why is this so yeah like it's a it's a cons- it's a pretty like conservative ideal mm-hmm. to like school choice let these kids choose where they want to go to school charter schools which is free um free private schools um and so like there's this article that came out like Thomas was very big on charter schools um, about, well, in Harlem, there's, there's a charter schools that came about a lot of black kids were going to them and they were getting super educated. They're going to college, getting scholarships. And the New York times article said something like 
though charter schools help some, it's not a fix-all. I'm like, uh, okay, just do more. How about we just do more if it's helping? Right. And it's like... It's just not enough data to actually show. Yeah, and so it's like, I don't... You've not actually tried. I think there are some, there's like some racial, you know, component of it for sure of, you know, there might be like them having to deal with, you know, certain things or get certain looks 100%. But... I think at the root of it, it's a socioeconomic issue. Giving these kids, these people, the opportunity to um, have that upbringing, have that father figure. Rob Smith is another kid. He grew up uh, inner city, you know, one single parent. And he joined the army when he was like 17 or 18. Um, and he's gay too. But um, Who's Rob Smith? He is, he's with uh, TPUSA. But I saw him on this like vice uh, debate or whatever. And he really held his ground really well. And I would, he seems like just mm-hmm. super presidential. But he went to the army and he talks about like, think, he thanks these drill sergeants and these people he met for being the father that he never had and giving yeah. him that structure and that discipline and stability that he never had. So these kids, white, black, whatever, um, in these predominantly like low-income black neighborhoods that don't have a, any structure, um, any opportunity to stay out of, you know, the bad stuff on the streets, oh, yeah. it's going to keep continuing and they're going to have a, a messed up adulthood as childhood. Totally. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah. And I think, I don't know why no one talks about that though. You know, cause they attribute the problem to, I think other people. Yeah. They want, I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to say that somebody's holding you down than I think it is to say that I'm not, trying as mm-hmm. hard as I could mm-hmm. or maybe like there's a um it, it's this weird scientific experiment but it's more psychological it's more psychology than anything mm-hmm. but there's this experiment where this guy will take this like fake um prosthetic arm that looks kind of fleshy and what he'll do is uh, the experiment starts out with like you're you're standing in front of him, you have your hands on the table, and the prosthetic arm is like right here, but he puts a board uh, between the prosthetic arm and your real arm, and what he does is a couple of things: is he'll he'll take like a feather and he'll run it up your arm, and because your eyes are seeing that, you actually feel it. Mm. Yeah. And there's something I think to say with when somebody like gives you this narrative and this idea and, and plants that in your head that you're being oppressed, you're being oppressed, you're being oppressed. Yeah. Eventually you'll believe it. And it goes back to this quote from guy. I said his name like a million times, Tom Sowell. He says, racism is not dead, but it's on life support being kept alive by politicians and people who want to feel superior to others by calling them racist. Mm. And I think that is, I think that's very telling. And I think that's very telling. And, and that's like the thing that everyone likes to like wave around right now is go do your research, educate yourself. I have, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's, there's lots of stuff out there and you, I, I think you just got to keep looking into all of it and you got to read both sides, man. To say that one man has a corner on truth is just totally not it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and 
yeah, to say that one news station even has the truth and the other doesn't, it's like, man, you gotta, you gotta have a, a bigger, I think a bigger opening to, to what's actually going on here. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And we, and we want to talk about like, if we want to talk about, yeah, like uh, San Francisco just passed a thing where they were giving checks to, you know, low-income families making less than this amount, but they were not giving it to uh, you if you were white. Did y'all know that? Did I hear about that? Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> One of, yeah, and so I think That's we, and, and also why? Well, it's interesting because of the other thing that I sent, the other thing that that they want to pass the down payment. Oh, oh yeah. Is it what about that? Did you okay? Did you guys did you guys read the article I sent? Is it for just black families? No, 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 no. There's a clause in it though. Well, keep talking and I'll find. So it. there's that right, and then people love talking about white privilege, um, and no one's denying any sort of privileges that they have. Just maybe to the degree, um, I think that the biggest privilege that someone can have is having two loving parents in the household yeah you know and i think that's just very uh it's telling i mean you look at the the single single parent rates yeah the 50s but a lot of people don't understand why that's bad what why why that's like a, a, like a significant thing yeah and and i don't even think you need to but if you just look at the the, the data on this about how like single parenthood rates were very, very low in like the 40s and 50s, especially among African-American families. They were sure. extremely low from like the end of the 19th century into like the 40s and 50s. Um, and they had the fastest, and this is all in uh, uh, this book uh, called is this the Black book? Red Black Rednecks and White Liberals is what it's yeah. called. Yeah. It's a super book, 100% recommended, recommendation of the week right there. Um, but... They, they saw the fastest growth in economic status of any people group from about the end of the 19th century to like the 1930s, 40s. Then um, when LBJ passed a bill um, that created the welfare state, um, the single parenthood rate rose from like in the tens of 20% to 75%. And since then, the right. economic development has just shot straight down. Uh, there's even a study in uh, Los Angeles County that 60% of women admitted to having a child, um, a, a single, having a child like alone for the financial benefits of it. And Sheesh. yeah, 60%. Dang. And this is all in his book. Um, and he's documenting his studies and citations and everything like that. And if you look at that and you look at which family, which, which ethnicity has the like, you know, high... And, you know, it's not, not everything is about money or economic status, but Asian Americans do have the highest, is it average income? They have the highest average, I mean, median income and whatnot, um, but they have the highest two parent household rate. I believe that by far. And so we see these data, we see this data of like why this this is, it's, it's the single biggest economic indicator of how someone's life is going to go and have two parents in the household. Um, But why is that? That's the question. It's like, we see this. It's pretty, I mean, to, at least to me, when it's laid out, it's fairly clear. But why is it, you know? I think Very there's... interesting. Yeah. No, and I think, I think you can make a case uh, that there might not just be a 
a value for it. Like, I think part of the, uh, the reason that government got involved with like marriages at all was to incentivize couples to stay together when they had kids. I think we live in a, we live in a culture where I think today and, and for the last hundred years, things have been just changing and shifting towards the idea of individualism. And people want to, I think, on the extreme side of this, live the way that they want to. And that includes, you know, having children or having just one spouse. And uh, that idea of the nuclear family has just started to be stripped away. Mm-hmm. And it's just not supported because we want to empower, you know, like we want to empower single motherhood and and you know these things that i i don't think uh bring about success for anybody yeah. you know what i mean like we believe and and studies will show i think the largest study ever made shows that two parent households actually have a much higher success rate and it's significantly higher than than uh you know either just a father or just a mother absolutely raising the child and that's it's undisputed by anybody yeah. like you can't dispute that it's the largest study ever done you'd be wasting your breath yeah pretty much <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so there, there i do i think there is something to say it definitely starts in the home denzel washington actually like loves that idea of like you know like i i forget how many times he's been interviewed on the subject but i, I love every time what he says it's he's, and he's always talking about how like we need we need fathers in the home. Yeah. We need fathers in the home. It starts at home. Those values don't get instilled by education; they get instilled by parents. Yeah. And he goes, "Well, some parents, you know, like some of these guys grow up without fathers in the home because they're being put in prison." And his point is, "Well, where was his father? Mm. Where was his father?" Mm. And, and people ask him about this because it's man. like the the big like mystery. Like he he doesn't come out and say it, so people probably annoy him about this. Like every. Oh, absolutely. But but his point is at some point along the chain of, you know, either, you know, his father was gone and, you know, somebody has to break the tradition Mm -hmm. and step out and actually move beyond what I think is just sometimes I think considered like preeminent within that person's life, like their trajectory. And, and sometimes we just see this line and we go, oh, well, that's just going to be that. And it's like, no, people have a choice in this. People have, I think, the ability to change the direction that they're going. And <laughs> I've never, ever heard that. So everything's okay. Yeah. Finish your thought. I wanted, I wanted to say something, but finish your thought. Well, I just think that, you know, Beyond the narrative that people are just oppressed, I think you can make a case that, you know, things things can happen, things can change, and we see this all the time. Yeah. And, and man, I think to say something like you're oppressed, to, to kind of make that claim, you have to back it up. And yeah. it can't just be the evidence is you're not here. Yeah. So and I think the the problem I have with that is saying that the only reason that you're not here and you're actually down here is is because of being oppressed I think to me is just a jump and like an assumption being made but it's it's a it's a bad one 
Mm-hmm. It's a real bad one. I agree. Yeah. When I think a lot of the world just needs to be taking a lot more personal responsibility for their own actions. Yeah. So. 100%. Yeah, you go. Real quick. Um, before we before we continue, going off of kind of the idea of just like things being given out based on um, a, like the assumption of oppression or the yeah. uh, whatever it is. Sure. So for this, it's called the Down Payment Towards Equity Act of 2021. I love how it's worded. It's oh, just wow. so funny. Um, but Biden is trying to pass this which honestly it you know this is better than any stimulus in my opinion like this is actually like sure could be very beneficial um he break the housing market though yeah yeah well it's already going to break anyway but anyway so basically it says like borrow, borrowers who make more than 120% of the area median income would qualify 180 if it's in a higher income area then the clause is that's for a baseline of 20 grand so the most the most any of us could get would be 20 grand. And we would easily, we would easily, it says no more than 180% of where we live. And the average median income, do you know what the average median income is in DFW? 80. It's like 120. Like it's, Wait, so that's the I'm, average I'm or the median? Sure, I'm pretty sure the average median in the DFW area Which is like though? the hot, like top five in the US. Wait, average or median? Because um, average and median are, are different. Average... I would average is, is subject to outliers. Uh, median income would be like a, an accumulation of like all of the people's income and then the the middle of it or like the yeah. So median income yeah. is you is you you rank them least to greatest, then you just cross out one yeah, least one it's, greatest. It's median. Yeah. Yeah, it's median. Dang. So it's high. It's very very extremely high. But then he has this little clause right here that says, and I don't I just don't like how it's worded. This could easily be worded in a better way where I'd be on board with it, but I do not like how it's worded. He says, those recognized as socially disadvantaged because they are in a group that has been, quote, subject to racial or ethnic prejudice could receive an additional $5,000. So do I qualify? Uh, look at your skin color, Ben. What, we actually haven't, we haven't announced Ben's skin color, so actually so I can't. Yeah, you could actually qualify. He may qualify or may not ben. qualify. <laughs> Pretty much qualify. Yeah, I'd probably say you should qualify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, I mean, like, what? The reason I don't like this is this is a, st- I feel like this is a standard being set. But if there was ever a, like, for example, for example, going off what you said, Garrett, you said that, I believe this is fact that Asian Americans have, like, the highest. Yeah. Is it average or median income? Both. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So they have both, right? However, wouldn't we say recently that Asian Americans have been subject to racial or ethnic privilege or prejudice? I think Lila agrees. Yeah, yeah. So, so if they have, I don't know. Are they going to offer this five thousand additional dollars to Asian Americans that are going to take advantage of it because of the recent Asian prejudice that occurred, or, or again? Just speaking from a general sense. Yeah, from from what the general population yes, is, I'm not is going off of. Um, yeah, I mean, they could make that. <laughs> they could definitely make that claim. That just um, wouldn't so be helpful. What What do y'all? How do y'all think these Chauvin trials have been going? Oh, good little transition. We, yeah. Well, they're over. <laughs> yeah. So do do we have any issues with them? Um, 
I mean. Oh, you want to talk about the jury? The jury. Specifically the jury. Yes. Um, you guys are going to have to fill me in. I know he got 12 years, and I know he was guilty on all accounts. Yeah, I don't know about guilty for the things that he's being charged as. Got it. Like, I don't think he... I don't think the the charges kind of fit what was going on. First and second, we would say f- almost for sure no. Yeah. What about third? Yeah, I'm more inclined to believe that third. Cool. But first and second doesn't make sense. We were talking about this, Ben, on Wednesday. Third's yeah. the idea that... <coughs> I third's the idea that I um, it's dark and I'm walking and I shoot just randomly and then I hit someone and they die. Yeah, that's third. Like hunting. There was no intent. I wasn't trying to shoot this person. I was trying to kill him. Well, yeah, it yeah. Wasn't premeditated. Right. Absolutely. So. And it doesn't even matter if you agree. If you agree that um, he was guilty or not. What what matters and what the issue is, is the way that the jury was swayed and the way that politicians swayed this. We are guaranteed everyone, it doesn't matter what you did, if you are Hitler, Osama, Chauvin, anything. If you are here, you are guaranteed uh, a right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the United States and... Here's just a couple of things I, I I thought I had an issue with. Throw it out. So, um, the judge of the case told politicians, "Stay out of this. This is a uh, impartial. This needs to be an impartial jury, uh, a fair and and speedy trial." Mm-hmm. And they didn't stay out of it. Yeah. In fact, the president talked about it. The former vice president Joe Biden talked all about it. Yeah. Um, Maxine Waters led a like a, a a march, a riot to the door of the j- place the jury was taking place. Other other people were talking about it. And, yeah. And so you think there was just a lot of like pressure? Yes, the pressure from the jury to basically guilty all through and through. The defense witness for Derek Chauvin had a dead pig show up as at his house. Yeah. Some people have told me that the jury's addresses were leaked. If you think this was like a, a fair, impartial jury, you know, and maybe he was guilty, but that doesn't really even like matter at this point. I mean, like what, like this, like topic we're talking about is if someone, if these people are feared into right, just doing whatever they're saying, then like it's the and un- not it, on the basis of what is actual justice. Yeah, and it, and then at that at that point, it's. It's mob mentality. It's the undoing of due process. And democracy, Which we're all guaranteed. And I I think we take for granted so easily that we're guaranteed these things. It's the undoing of the democracy that's been set up. Yeah, man. I think you take that into account with all the evidence. I think you just get a different trial if it was Mm -hmm. done fairly. And I also, honestly, it's like all these people who are like, we want justice. What What they want is revenge. Mm-hmm. They there you go. They don't want that's it. Actual justice. Yeah, and I think because earlier <sighs> we were talking about wow. this and like was and Ben said something about like I think it was lacking justice and I thought huh you know like because to me like just into most people I think justice just means punishment. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But what it really means is right, mm. fair, 
Yeah. Not just, not just. Well, I think, I think it just means going through the evidence and letting the evidence speak for itself and not bringing, I think, personal judgment into it where I think, you know, you can make a case that the, the jury was kind of pressured into one side to make like a, a judgment claim that other people were trying to like threaten them with. But I ultimately believe that uh, if you had no jury and you just had the judge looking at the evidence, you probably would have gotten something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still something, but different. Yeah. You would have gotten something, obviously. I, I mean, it's a court of law. And the thing is, we don't, we have to look at the evidence objectively mm-hmm. and not take personal feelings into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I think real justice is, is it's not being like, well, I think this person's disadvantaged or, you know, this person's white and that person's black. I think there might be racism in it. And you have to look at everything that the, the prosecutors bring and take it all into account, take what the defense has to say and look at it all and be like, okay, that doesn't make sense. That mm. doesn't make sense. But you did kill a person. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, at the bottom line, I think, yes, absolutely. There was a lot of things that went wrong in this case. But do I think he's guilty of all of it? No. Not not what he was charged for, no. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's unfortunate, absolutely. And I think... The founders in the Federalist Papers, one of the things they talked about was like, they 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 didn't we we don't have a we don't have a pure democracy, and I think people don't realize that is that is right. actually one of the most. That's in the Federalist Papers they talked about it as one of the greatest evils. Yeah. What they said was, writing these things. I'll say Alexander Hamilton, since everyone loves him nowadays, I'll just say him because he was the writer of these things. He said, "What we do is we create these factions." in these groups that disagree with each other. And then we need to create more factions. And then these come off and create more factions and more factions and more factions. So that it's it's creative destruction and it's all these factions, you know, um, working against each other, with each other, so that it's not just one group, one giant faction yeah. squashing out the others because they knew that would happen. And that's why they, they they wrote these things and set these things up so that it would never become a pure democracy of just mob mentality. Yeah. You know, and I think people use that. Like, we live in a democracy. This is what we want, you know. No, yeah, and, it's and not it's not like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important and, to distinguish. And in fact, I think it was more set up to, so that people who were outside of the mob mentality actually had a voice and an ability to respond. And I mean, I think that's what you see more of is protecting the little people in the situations Mm. um, more than anything else. And I think the, the, you know, that last line of our, of our, you know, the pledge of allegiance and justice for all kind of sums up the whole entire meaning of this. And like we were going over last night, it's like, I, I truly believe that justice is for all people, regardless of race, gender, and social class. And that means justice for the rich, equally to justice to the poor. And it's this kind of concept that actually breaks down significant importance and actually gives people their due right. Mm. 
instead of looking at them and saying, well, they've got an advantage and instead saying, no, they deserve justice Mm -hmm. and justice is in, as in, uh, punishment, but also like in mercy, like, and, and, and actually kindness. And, and, and those are the things that I think when Christianity is brought into it, which our founding fathers were a Judeo Christian society, that's what they believed in. That was their idea of justice. Uh, I think you can make a case that that's their intentions too when it comes to justice in America. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's, and that means justice for George Floyd. That also means justice for Derek Chauvin. It means justice for Trump and Obama. And it also means the poorest of the poor all receive the same justice, not a different justice Mm. and not a different amount of justice. And it's, and you don't take, and and this is what I I think is, This this is where I think people kind of get messed up too. It's like this idea that, you know, because somebody's disadvantaged that we give them more justice or we give them this like advantage kind of thing, like this boost in like, oh, well, they're, they're poor person or they're, they're homeless, you know, so we should give them more justice when I think the Bible is very clear that you treat both the rich and the poor with the same. Equality versus mm-hmm. equity. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But that also means like you don't look at somebody who's poor and stealing and say, oh, well, they're poor and they're stealing. Mm. That means you look at anybody who's stealing and you say that's wrong. And it goes both ways. Like the, uh, I forget the name of the kid, this kid who is like super rich um, and he got basically got like released from murder, drunk driving, murdering oh, a totally. youth minister and two kids uh, on, I forget what the term is, but basically the term means that uh, he, he grew up rich and he never had any discipline. So, you know, this is why he did it. Yeah. You know what? That's what making that an excuse. Yeah. I, it, but it was like a legal term they used and, and it started and everyone was like, are you kidding me? And it goes both ways. It goes that way. As well as saying, oh, they're poor. They didn't have this. They didn't know. So I, I've never heard of that. Ethan, let me let me look it up real quick. Just so I can fact check. Yeah, that sounds super interesting. When you when you fact check, I, um, I have an, I have a thought. And I've I'll, I I I think I'm I'm so passionate about this and this idea of I think having justice, but also having mercy, because this is. I mean, obviously, it's a Christian concept of forgiveness mm-hmm. to you, which I don't think we've actually even talked about this. Yeah. But uh, and what does that look like? Obviously, the rest of the world does not really take this into consideration either. But I think, you know, I've, I've watched trials of like women who've, you know, lost their kids to shootings and gun violence. Um when it was like when it came time to make a decision on this person, they chose to forgive. And their whole idea was that we want justice, but we also want this person to come to the Lord mm-hmm. yeah, kind of thing. And it's this idea that we want the best for the person. And sometimes that is punishment. And sometimes that is, you know, going to jail or the death penalty. Yeah. But, there's also this idea that's like, I, I want them to turn their life around. 
And that and that could be justice too. What was the trial where the the guy killed he like killed uh, this woman's husband or daughter or something and then like he asked if he could like give her a hug or something like that. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? It was like I, such a big deal and like they embraced I remember It was that. really cool. It was so cool because like I don't know what it was, but one of them, like one of them was a Christian and he was like, he, oh, yeah, yeah. So the, it was a woman and she had like killed his brother or something. Wow. And he was like, he was like talking and he was like, I, I, you know, I'm hurt and I'm saddened by this, but like, I want her to know that like, I forgive her cause Jesus forgiven me. And like, Dude. I want to, he's like, I want to ask awesome. if I can come give her a hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like, he went and like hugged her and like, it was just such like, bat like it was just crazy for like that because it was like wait no 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 like like justice no 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 she doesn't deserve this no like right. like be mad at her like get so and it's like totally and that I, was so cool yeah and i think that's that kind of so was kind of been lost though now. man that's that is totally lost i think 100%. sometimes in this country so i just want to fact check what i said earlier yeah, his name is ethan couch Story was he was a 16 year old who DUI killed four people. It was actually a youth minister, oh, wow. waiting, uh, picking up a couple of kids whose car broke down on the side of the road. Uh, he killed four people, and the sentence he was supposed he like for, you know, manslaughter or whatever. But he was not sent to prison uh, on the defense that he was in. It, the term is affluenza. Suffered from affluenza, which means that he grew up with wealthy parents, never knew, understood boundaries or rules or anything. So he was in 10 years probation. What? Yeah, it's insane. And then, of course, he violated his probation. And then he and his mom, like, fled to Mexico or something, and he came back, and now he's in jail. But Wow. Well, yeah. He's like, it was that was a few years ago. I think he's in his later 20s now, but. I had a I had a I had a thing to ask, but I don't know if you guys have anything you want mm, to add. No, ask. Go ahead. I I just want to say Same. I want to end it with this. Uh, yeah, I think justice at the end of the day is really just doing your best and giving your most energy to do what is right. Mm. And I think it it means a, a quite a bit of paying attention to the details of a situation. And actually sorting through everything to find out where the truth is. Yeah. And and truth matters. And not in in a world where people are very my truth, your truth, mm. let's keep those separate. I don't think the truth works like, like that. Truth by its very definition is exclusive. Yeah. And I think the moment that we try to water down the truth or we try to hold on to a part of the truth that just happens to make us feel better about ourselves or, you know, doesn't challenge us at all is the moment that we lose the truth altogether. Yeah. And we live in a a world that is not reality. And I think it's important for everybody to challenge themselves in this area. I, I, I need challenging sometimes and it's, and it's something that, you know, we're all kind of working through, but it is so important to the idea and the concept when it comes to justice. A hundred percent. I agree. All right. What's your All question? Right, here's my, 
and and this is just I just it won't even take that long. I'm just I'm just curious. I've been thinking about it. This trial got me thinking very different situations. I just want to com- communicate that extremely different situations. But this trial got me thinking a lot about the OJ trial. Hmm. And the reason I bring that up is my question for you guys is if if everything that happened at the OJ trial today happened like right now do you think that the verdict would be the same and my question my question for you guys is do you also think that there would actually be an understanding like of that people would think that he was 100% innocent and the reason i'm asking that is when the oj trial happened very shortly after it i believe there was a lot of understanding of like, oops, yep, he definitely was guilty. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually kind of proved it by doing some sort of assaulted. By not um, proving it. Like armed assault or some sort of like thing that he did, but and he went to jail. So, um, right. I don't know. I just, I was thinking about it a lot and I was like, especially thinking about like, if you compare, like, I'm sorry, but if you compare, um, Furman, Detective Furman from the OJ trial to uh, Derek Chauvin. If we're going to say like, if okay, if we're first off going to communicate the idea of racism, we have Furman over here, clear racism, like like clear, utter, like proof racism. Furman was the detective that like was known to be racist, and they they had tape. Like they had like recorded tapes sure. of him, like talking about like like saying extremely racist racist things, sure. which was a big reason why it was yeah they they called him innocent not because he was innocent but because they didn't like that this guy was racist right like it was oh yeah that's so tricky yeah so my question is like like if you compare Furman to Chauvin yeah we have like clear racism over here yeah and we have like uh implied assumed possible racist yeah it's very different it is and i hate that this is like the worst most racist thing that we've ever seen and it's like right. hold up everyone let's go back not even that long ago oj yeah. trial was wasn't 90s i'm pretty yeah. sure oj trial 80s, was 90s, 90s. Yeah. yeah so it's like okay guys hold 95. on let's let's actually redefine or not even redefine but just define what racism is no yeah we got a clear example over here now here we are, like like where's the disconnect? Yeah, I think that there, <laughs> that's that's a very interesting kind of conversation, and I think yeah. that that's yeah, I think that the cops' racism you you couldn't you can't really take that into the matter. Yeah, but that is a reason, <laughs> and, and and I think that's that's the whole point is like justice would have been dealt with. The fact that OJ was either guilty or innocent, not the fact that the cop was racist or he wasn't. Like, it's not dependent on that. The cop found him. He found the evidence. Oh, he's racist? Oh, well, then the evidence doesn't count? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that's the thing. All of his – and it's not not, uh, like saying, oh, all of his racism is good. We're going to accept it all. Because no, but it's a separate matter. It was. It was. All the stuff that they communicated for him mm-hmm. had nothing to do with OJ. Right. It was like past 
things that he had said, sure. which is still not good. I, I'm on the same page with that. He shouldn't be racist. No one should be racist. Yeah. Like, I'm on board with that. But it's like the idea, like you said, like, if you are racist, like, you lose all credibility. Pretty much. No matter what. Like, no matter what. There's no fine line. And this is a big topic. And, so I, and, and, and this is where I think a lot of people will tie, I think, ideas to themselves mm. and to other people. Yeah. When it's like, even now, like, we're not even talking from a point of view that's like, you know, like, when we, we talk about these ideas of justice and these kinds of arguments maybe that we're making, these are separate from ourselves. Like, we're able to separate these from ourselves and not, I think, become too personalized to them. So as to, like, if, if somebody were to, like, attack us, like, I wouldn't take it personally. Like, I can't because here's the yeah. thing. If I'm actually in pursuit of the truth, mm. then those ideas should change. Yeah. If I'm wrong about something, then I should change my mind because I actually care about the truth. Mm -hmm. And if you do care about the truth, you'll do that. I think that we, we still hold on to the idea that truth is not come from inside of us. It's something that we discover mm. and it's something that we have to kind of just... It, we we go out and we find the truth. It's not it's not something that we construct. Yeah, no, you're right. Or we we just we have. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not. We we experience truth. We we don't we don't you know have it. We don't get to create it. Yeah, that's big. Garrett, any thoughts? No, I mean this is uh. I know this has been like a more in, one of our more intense episodes, but I totally. think that it's it's it is so needed to have to have these sort of talks. It's yeah. it's so important in that. Mm -hmm. and, and if you disagree, we would love more than anything for you to come on and just talk about it. Totally. You know, we're not trying to we're not playing any games here. We're not debating. Yeah. We're just trying to get to the truth. We're not attached to any of these these things. It's not our it's not our identity. Yeah. You know. Right. And so, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, thanks for everyone. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Yeah. yeah. And we, and we end it just, we, we, I hope, and we, we always want to check ourselves to where we're, we're praying through these things. Yeah. You know, That's we're good. thinking about these things. We're not just trying to win an argument here, you know. Absolutely. Is there real things that we care about and we're not just trying to to push an agenda you know this yeah. is this is about truth not my truth this is about truth yeah, yeah. You know? amen so but we, yeah. we, we love y'all yeah thanks so much for listening we'll be back again next we're, week you know we were serious this week uh but you guys know we're we're goofballs yeah, yeah. you know and we'll be goofing off we'll soon be, enough oh yeah soon enough oh yes <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Yep. Woo. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Comment, like, subscribe. Jeez. Give us a shout out. I'm, I'm trying to give that bottle of Howler head away. Hey, we're waiting. Somebody. It's somebody just, make it. It's just ready. Make it's ready for something. You have to be over 21, though. have to be over 21. Cole last night was like, dude, can you buy me alcohol? I was like, dude, no, Cole. I can't. <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. All right, but guys. if you pay us enough money. Yeah, yeah I was like, but it, just kidding. Yeah, $100. I don't know. All right, guys. <laughs> We do not condone underage drinking. Cheers. And see you.